three, two, one. And welcome back to the official review. I'm Mitchell Graham. And I'm Zach Brown. And today, this episode, it just means more. It just means more. Because we are talking about the best conference in all of college football, the Sun Belt. (laughs) The Sun Belt and the SEC. The SEC. So we have finally, after today, completed our journey through all the conferences. Today we're breaking down the Sun Belt. And we are breaking down the Southeastern Conference, the Conference of Champions, the best conference in all of college football. And it's not even close. It is the SEC. I'm going to take this away because I know it looks cool, but I am glitching all over the place. (laughs) And I don't like that. But anyways, Zach, so we're going to start in the Sun Belt. They had some new additions this year. I don't know if you want to talk about that real quick. Um, James Madison, I know, is the biggest. Uh, but they had also a couple other ones that I didn't know if you wanted to uh, to d- just elaborate on before we started. I know Marshall was was the new addition, and I think Southern Mississippi was a new addition. I don't yeah. know who else joined the conference. So Southern Miss, James Madison, um, and Marshall. I think also Those are the only three. Um, maybe, maybe Texas State. Maybe. No, I think they've been in the Sun Belt. I think they've I been mean, in the Sun Belt. I don't. I mean, I don't keep up. That with doesn't Texas matter. State. But. Um, but yeah. So, um, the Sun Belt's an interesting conference. Really, it's not. There's like there's a couple big names, like a couple good schools, but there's nothing too like crazy about the Sun Belt. I won't lie. Um, as I am now solo. Um, we're going to hold down the fort until Zach gets back a little, uh, little technical difficulty and he's back. Sorry. Um, I, um, I pressed a key on my keyboard and it kicked me out of the, well, there you go. The, the, that, that teaches you a lesson not to finick with your keyboard, but it's okay. I, I didn't even press it on purpose. I was reaching for a pen. No, it's okay, Zach. It's okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, if you would like to start with your Sunbelt predictions with the East Division and the seventh team. And we can get this going. Okay, so this is another one of those conferences that I think the one division is much better than the other one. Yes. Um, Like, it's very heavily favored towards one division. And I think the East Division is much better than the West. But in my seventh slot, I've got the Monarchs of Old Dominion. Um, this is going to be my only team in this division that I don't have to go bowling. We've got them finishing five and seven. Um, the reason being, they were not good against the pass last year. They let up way too much, uh, way too many big plays to the air, and uh, way too many passing yards. And they just don't have good. They just don't have a good secondary, and that's the, one of the main reasons why they weren't good against the pass. The positives: they're returning ten starters on offense. The only person they're losing is their center. Um, so they do have some veteran, uh, a lot of veteran presence on this team, right? Especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Hayden Wolf, uh, he threw for two thousand yards, ten touchdowns, at a sixty-three percent completion percentage. That's that's kind of mid for for you know a, a Division One quarterback. Right. Um, they've got a good pass rush, but ultimately, I just don't think they have the the talent level to to keep up with the rest of the conference. Right. They're not going to be terrible, but five and seven for the Monarchs. Five and seven. 
Um, in my seventh spot, I have a. This is probably going to be a surprise for you, but let me let me explain it. I've got Georgia Southern in the seventh slot, going four and eight. Whoa! And I think I, I think this is this is not a ooh, this is not a diss at Clay Helton, but this is a you are kind of going into a program. You're inheriting a program with a very bad defense, a defense that struggled mightily last year, averaging about are allowing about thirty one and a half points per game, um, which is which is not great, and they have new coordinators everywhere, new head coach. I'm sure he's going to get them to a good spot, but I think this is a year they take a step back. They are returning um, a decent amount of starters, but who are also playing in a system that's not similar to Clay Helton's. I think that divide is going to kind of hurt them going into this year, and they're going to fall to four and eight. Um, I know that's surprising, but I do have three teams in this East Division ma- missing a bowl. Um, okay. So. Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's it's the Sun Belt, so I mean, it's not like a huge surprise. But yeah. Georgia Southern going four and eight is going to be a uh, it's going to be a tough one, a tough year for the Eagles. Okay, in my number six slot, I have the newcomers, the James Madison Dukes. I have them Dukes. finishing six and six. Now they've only lost five games over the last four years, but that's because they've been in the FCS, the Colonial, the Colonial Conference, I think it's called. But they're they're stepping up into the big leagues. They're playing much harder teams with a lot more talent, much bigger schools. Um, They lost their top three wide receiver targets from last year. They lost a lot of pieces on defense, and they just don't have a lot of veteran presence on defense. They're very young on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. Positives, they have seven returning starters on offense. They're a very high-octane offense that can score quickly. Um, They've got a good offensive line. They lost their uh, their their really good quarterback. I forget his name. Cole Johnson. Cole Johnson. Um, but they're getting the Colorado State quarterback Todd Centio or Centeo, however you say his name. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's he's okay. He may be a better fit in this system than Colorado State. And they actually have a pretty decent pass rush. But um, you know, definitely not a not a disappointing year in your first year in the FBS. Yeah. But uh, maybe not as as good as some people might think they would they would do after years and years of success but i think this program has a bright future um and i don't think that they're going to be on the bottom very long no uh zach i i agree with you i've got james madison going five and seven uh, sitting in the uh in the sixth position i i I agree with i can't really even add upon like what you were saying there they did lose cole johnson this uh, this offense averaged 38.3 points per game uh as you were saying uh coach kurt signetti um, 35, 33 and five over the last three years, which it's not going to be, you're, it's not going to be trans transferable to the FBS level, especially, I mean, even in the Sun Belt. but I do agree with you. I think give this team a couple years there, they could run this, this conference like very quickly. I mean, they already got a pit transfer in AJ Davis. Um, and then they have guys like, uh, Percy OBC and Latrell Palmer, very good players out wide. And if they can pull in FBS transfers, um, even power five transfers like that consistently, I think the Dukes are going to be in good hands. All right. In my number five slot, I've got the Eagles of Georgia Southern going six and six. Um, You know, yeah, their their offensive line struggled a lot last year um, and their defense finished ranked 110th in college football last season, which is not good uh, at all. But Clay Helton. You know he's not a he's not a great coach, but he's not a terrible coach. Uh, I think he'll do fine at Georgia Southern, but they're only two years removed from trying to get away from the triple option system, so yeah. it's going to take a, a little bit of time. But 
I think what will win them six games is they have a veteran quarterback, Kyle Van Treese, the sixth-year senior from Buffalo, coming in to play. Um, they've got some good wide receivers that people don't really don't really mention and talk about. They do have some good pieces. They've got six returning starters on defense. I know their defense wasn't good, but it's at least a veteran presence. But their defensive line actually wasn't too bad. They get in the backfield. They, they disrupt plays a little bit. So I've got them being just good enough to make a bowl going six and six. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. I think their transition is going to be a little more harsh. Um, in my five slot, I've got Old Dominion. Um, I have Old Dominion going uh, five and seven as well. Uh, they didn't play in 2020 um, be, for obvious reasons. A lot of a lot of schools didn't play in 2020, but it was first year coach last year for Ricky Rain. Uh, this year, they are going to be improving upon last year, but they did end last year reeling off five consecutive victories to earn a bowl opportunity. I think they take a step back this year. Um, their offense was a little shaky, as you were saying. You said a lot of good things about Old Dominion, but I do think they go five and seven this year. Um, really not much to write home about this team. I just I think they're going to win five games and lose seven of them. Um, it's not really a team I'm really going to pay much attention to, to be honest with you. They start the year against Virginia Tech. Okay, yeah. My number four slot, I think this is, a, this is a team, before I say who it is, that a lot of people are down on. A lot of people in the research that I've done, not a lot of people have high expectations for this team. I think they could surprise some people. Got them going eight and four, the Georgia State Panthers. Um, I, yeah. they, the only negative I could find about them is they weren't very good on third down last year. Um, but I think they'll get better. They've got a great offensive line, um, which is always a good start. They've got a good tandem of running backs. I like their quarterback, Darren Granger, who threw for 19 touchdowns, ran for six, and only threw four interceptions. And they actually have some good downfield threats. And uh, another positive is they are decent at every position on defense. They're not really terrible. They're not amazing at any position on defense, but they're not terrible. I think they'll be formidable enough to win eight games and finish fourth in this division. Okay. I I, I like that. I think I'm high on Georgia state, but I'm not as high like record wise on them. Um, In my four slot, I've got Marshall going six and six. Um, They've got a good talented transfer quarterback out of Texas tech and Henry Columbia Um, new player caller, Clint Trickett. Um, And then their offense or their, their running back Rasheen Ali had 1400 all purpose yards last year. 23 touchdowns revamped offensive line I think is going to hurt Ali's production just because they're they're working in a bunch of new guys I think that's honestly going to be a the hindrance for them is that offensive line sure they've got great talent but they're not gonna be able to protect and not gonna be able to run block that's going to hurt them in a bunch of games six and six for the thundering herds sitting in the four slot all right in my number three slot I've got the thundering herd of Marshall and I've got them going eight and four um, the, they were the second best offense last year in Conference USA. Now I know they're not in Conference USA anymore, but that's there's something to be said about this team. Rasheen Ali, um, I don't know if you mentioned him. Yeah, he, he, yeah. he's the real deal. He yeah. ran for 1,400 yards last year, and he's coming back. He's going to have another great year. They've got they've got a decent secondary, and they actually have a pretty good pass rush. Right. Uh, the only negatives is they lost a lot on offensive line, um, so that's going to be a problem. They do have some question marks at quarterback. I know you said they had that transfer in there, but there's a lot of questions as to whether he's going to be able to step up uh, in, in the spotlight this year. 
and they had a really bad run defense last year. People were just slashing them left and right on right. the ground. Right. Um, so they're going to have to fix that. But I think that uh, they're they're a pretty good team. They've all they're like always bowl eligible every season. Right. So I think that continues, and the Thundering Herd go eight and four. Now, something I even even mentioned. You were talking about how they uh, they struggled to stop the run last year. They were tenth in the conference USA. They did bring in. Um, they did bring in from the transfer portal um, a Kentucky transfer, a Miami transfer, and a Purdue transfer. So they're they're working on it. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good year, but I think this transition to the Sun Belt might hurt them a little more than you think. Um, in my third slot, I've got the Georgia State Panthers uh, going seven and five. I don't think they're um, I don't think the records are as good as you are you are saying, but um, they struggled. Um, they they surged at the end. I'm sorry, I misread that. I I even wrote it myself. Uh, they sh- they surged at the end of the 21 season by winning seven of their last eight games. Um, Sean Elliott has his t- had his team playing great. They had wins over Coastal Carolina. They crushed Ball State in their bowl game. So this team, I think, is kind of riding high. Darren uh, Granger, his uh, the quarterback for Georgia State, is a is he's a he's a hoss. He's very very good. Um, and they've got they've got talent all around. Uh, Jemias Williams, who actually went to Archer, the high school I graduated at a at a certain point and then transferred over to Grayson um, who used to play for South Carolina as well is over there at Georgia state now. So I think this team is good, but I'm not, I'm not sure their top end talent is an, as enough. Um, they generate 38 sacks last year. Um, or they allowed 38 sacks last year. That's going to be an issue. I think that's a big theme in this conference right now. It's just poor offensive line play. I think that's going to bite them in the butt. Georgia state's going to go seven and five, but finish third in the division, make a bowl and, I think they'll win the bowl game again. All right. In my number two slot, I have the defending. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if they won this division last year, but Coastal Carolina, I have the Chanticleers going nine and three. Yep. Grayson McCall, while I don't think he quite lived up to the hype last year, I don't think he's quite what everybody thought he was going to be. Still think he's a great quarterback. Still think he'll probably get drafted in the later rounds. But everybody, you know, last year he he had a lot of hype before the season last season that he was going to be right. a top NFL prospect. And he kind of didn't live up to that hype, but still think he's a good quarterback. They have a good offensive line. They've got a pretty good front four on defense. The negatives though, is every one of their top receivers are gone. They don't have a single returning receiver that had more than six catches last year. So it's going to be a lot of fresh faces on that offense and they're completely rebuilding their linebackers. I think all of their linebackers either transferred or graduated so they're rebuilding the middle of that defense. But I still think I, I think they're a very well-coached team. I really like Jamie Chadwell. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten offers from bigger schools yet. But 9-3, and three, respectable. I think they lose the tiebreaker to my number one team. You, you stole the words out of my mouth, Zach. Second team, my second team in the East Division is Coastal Carolina going 9-3, and three, and they're losing the tiebreaker to my number one team. Um, I, 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 I agree with the sentiment about Grayson McCall, but I do think he is a next level kind of talent. I think he is going to get a shot in the NFL, at least if it's like a sixth or seventh round draft pick or even the, even as a UDFA or something. I think Grayson McCall will play in the NFL. He's got the legs. He's got the arm talent. Uh, 287 and a half total yards per game last year for him. He led an offense that averaged 40.9 points a game and 7.7 yards per play. This offense can move the ball. Um, I think defense is really where you are looking at their their issues. But honestly, on the offensive end, they've got a one-two punch at running back with Braden Bennett and Reese White. 
They've got a very, very highly touted tight end in Isaiah Likely. I think I think this team is very, very good at offense, and their defense is going to let let up a, a bunch of points, and that's going to hurt them. They had a competent defense. I think they run away with this division, but they don't. I think the team above them has a little bit of a more complete team, and then I'm sure you'll get into that. So Coastal Carolina, 9-3. and three. Yep. <clears throat> so both of us have the same number one, and that's the Mountaineers of Appalachian State. I like this team a lot. A lot of the research that I did, a lot of guys are down on this team, saying they'd go six and six, seven and five. I really disagree with those takes. I they, there's not a whole lot of bad things to say about Appalachian State. They've got Chase Bryce coming back this season, which I know he didn't work out at at Clemson, but I think he fits or Duke <laughs> or Duke. Yeah, he fits this system really well. I think the group of five is is much more his speed. They've got the they have the best offensive line in the conference. They've got a good tandem of running backs, and their top pass rusher comes back, and I think he had like 13 sacks last year, so he's coming right. back. The negatives, oh, they also were number one in tackles for loss allowed last season, meaning they didn't let you get in their backfield a whole lot yeah. last season, mm-hmm. so that's good. Um, their top three wide receivers are gone, so that's going to hurt. Uh, five of their seven top tacklers are gone, and they have a little bit of lack of size in their front four. But I still think this team is very talented. Um, you know, nine and three is 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 a great record for a Sun Belt team. Right. I think they could possibly pull an upset. I think they play North Carolina and South Carolina for their first two games. It wouldn't surprise me if they upset one of those teams because they're 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 good. They have good talent and they're well coached. I've got the Mountaineers winning the division. Look, I'm a little bit partial to Appalachian State because. One of my like actual good buddies in high school is the long snapper for App State. He's a four-year starter over there at long snapper. Very like probably a top five long snapper in the NCAA. Like I even like read a graphic like he's up there in the top five long snappers, which is awesome. So I'm I'm very partial. Uh, Christian Johnstone is his name, long snapper for App State. But like you said, Chase Bryce, who um, actually is a Grayson grad as well. Um, went to Clemson, didn't work out there. Went to Duke, didn't work out there. But actually had a really good year last year. Uh, uh, 3,300 yards and 27 touchdowns at the quarterback position is very, very good. Um, he did lose a lot of his guys, um, but their backfield is deep. Nate Noel, Cameron Peoples, they combined for 2,052 yards and 18 touchdowns in 2021. I don't think this team's going to have really any problems. Nine and three, I think they beat Coastal head-to-head. They're going to lose to one of the Carolinas, but I do agree with you. I think they're going to win to one of the Carolinas, and they're going to drop a game against a, a, a couple. They're going to drop a game against um, a couple of their division opponents because um, I think it's a competitive division. I don't think there's any really dominant team, as we'll see even going into the West. But uh, App State, 9-3, and three, I do have them winning this division. All right. So you start the West division. Of this I contest. will start the West Division, and my West Division seventh team is ULM, Louisiana Monroe. I have them going two and ten. I don't think they're going to be very good this year at all. Um, they have a they had new coach Terry Bowden last year. I don't is he related to Bobby Bowden? I think he it's is. his son. It's his son. Uh, but that, I don't I don't know. They they're just not good overall. There's nothing that screams like. Amazing. Uh, their quarterback Chandler Rogers had 1,600 total yards last year. Their top target Boogie Knight, which is a great name, had 44 catches. Um, yeah, they just they weren't good at the line of scrimmage. Led up a lot of sacks. Only rushed for 3.1 yards per carry. So I think that's where they struggle. 
um, against some of these better defenses in the Sun Belt. Two and ten for Louisiana Monroe. It's going to be a bad year for the Bowden. <clears throat> My number seven slot. I also have the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe. I also have them going two and ten. For a lot of the same reasons you said. Actually, my number one negative for this team is Terry Bowden. Everywhere this guy goes, he loses. His previous job was the Akron Zips. We talked about how bad that program is right now. It's because of Terry Bowden. Everywhere he goes, he loses. He's not a good coach. The only reason he's still getting jobs is because he's riding the coattails of his dad. Yeah. Um, but he's not a good coach. And he doesn't know how to build a culture. He doesn't know how to build a program. And it's just going to continue here with a team that already doesn't have a lot of ta- talent. The last time this team was even remotely good is when they had uh, Colton Browning uh, several years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, but they played Georgia that year too. I yeah. Think. Yeah. They have a really bad offensive line. That's an understatement. They're they're just not good at keeping people out of the backfield. They don't have a good passing attack. They weren't able to push the ball downfield really at all last season. A really bad pass defense. They can't defend the deep ball. Uh, the only positives I have for them, they do have a pretty good dual threat quarterback in Chandler Rogers, and they have some pretty good linebackers. But that's about the only good things you can say about this team. It's going to be a miserable year. I think the Warhawks win both of their FCS games, but then they're going to lose every conference game this year. Yep, that's that's fair. Um, in my in my sixth slot, I've got Arkansas State, the Fighting Butch Joneses, going four and eight. <laughs> I don't think they're it, it's Butch Jones. I think very similar to what you were saying about Terry Bowden is what I'm going to say about Butch Jones. Um, but, I mean, to be honest, they, they had a very terrible defense last year. Turned 38.6 points a game, ranked last in the Sun Belt against the run. They allowed 260 yards rushing last year and 7.2 yards per play on the ground. That is a bad defense. There's major turnover at all three levels on this team. I think that's not a good sign for Butch Jones. And champions of life are going to go 4-8. and eight. The Arkansas State Red Wolves. They have cool color scheme. Uh, I like their jerseys too. They're very yeah. cool, but they're not good. In my sixth slot, I've got the Bobcats of Texas State going three and nine this year. Uh, Jake Spavital was supposed to be the second coming of, um, or the college version of Sean McVay. He's supposed to be an offensive genius, but he's won nine games in three years. He won five games over his first two seasons and went four and eight last year. And they just they they have not recruited well at all. I mean, group of five schools usually don't recruit well, but in it just by group of five standards, he hasn't recruited well at all. They had way too many turnovers last year. They don't have a standout at quarterback right now. They didn't generate any pressure at all last season. They were last in quarterback pressures and sacks. Um, only forced three turnovers last season. Three for the entire year. Um, they do have a fast-paced air raid offense that comes from Spavital which is, I guess, good, but if you can't stop anybody, it doesn't mean anything. They have lots of experience on the offensive line. That's the only good things I can say about this Bobcats team. They're, they're going to have another bad year, and Spavital is going to have another 3-9 and nine season. He's averaging 3-9 and nine over his first three years, another 3-9 and nine season. I don't know if Texas State cares enough to fire him, but he was supposed to be this offensive genius, and he's not, so... Um, in my fifth slot, I've got Texas State, the Bobcats. I've, I've, got, I've got them going five and seven. I think it's going to be Spavital's best year. But you were talking about an air raid offense. Um, this is an air raid offense that only averaged 23.1 points a game and 4.9 yards per play last season. Exactly. So it wasn't even a good air raid offense. But they are add, um, adding Arkansas State transfer Lane Hatcher 
think he's going to be a good catalyst to kind of get them going. Uh, but this is a defense that is that struggled is once again seems like there's a bunch of bad defenses here at the bottom of this conference. Um, they they could not stop the run last year. They were and or the pass. They were eighth in sun in the Sun Belt in pass efficiency on defense. Um, they added some players depth wise through the portal that's going to help them win a couple more games. But uh, five and seven is like the ceiling. I think that'll have them raising Spavital up like he won a national championship if he gets him close to bowl eligibility. But uh, Texas State in the five slot uh, going five and seven. All right, my number five slot, we just basically switched. I've got the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. I also have them going three and nine, but I have them winning the tiebreaker over the uh, over the Bobcats. My number one negative, Butch Jones. Um, you know, brick by brick, he has tore this program down. Um, I mean, before Butch Jones got to Arkansas State, now I know it's not completely his fault, but before he got there, Arkansas State was making bowl games every year for like eight or nine years straight. Mm-hmm. Even though they were a revolving door of head coaches, like nobody had stayed there for longer than two years. But now, our, now he's come in. They've gone. They went two and ten last year. I think they're going to win one more game than they did last season because a lot of the reasons that you said they don't have really anything, um, and they've got a bad run game. Um, they they allowed way too many sacks last season. They lost their best wide receiver. They had the second worst overall defense in college football last season in terms of yards and points allowed. It's really good. And they do have a decent pass rush. Like, it's okay. And they've got some pretty good linebackers. Really nothing else positive to say about this team. Um, I don't think the Red Wolves are good. And Butch Jones, hey, you're a champion of life, though. It's okay. There you go. Yeah, he's a champion of life for sure in my heart. Um, in my four slot, I've got Southern Miss. Um, let me just, I, I don't look. Injuries at the quarterback position last year for Southern Miss was were destroyed Will Hall's first season for them. Uh, now they're in a new conference. But let me just let me just tell you, 11 players attempted a pass. Four different players started under center, and no signal caller threw for more than 843 yards last year for Southern Miss. Um, they they transferred into a wildcat look near the end of the year um, using Frank Gore Jr. at the quarterback position. They resulted in them winning two games in a row. I think they're they're returning to that this year. He's going to return it. Uh, he's going to anchor the the ground game. Uh, Gore is uh, receiver. Uh, Jason Brownlee had 46 catches, 643 yards with a with a bad quarterback play. I think that's pretty impressive to be honest with you. Uh, the defense though is their calling is the is the calling card. Yeah. Very solid defense all around. Um, they limited teams to 27.9 points a game and led Conference USA in red zone defense. That's going to win them a bunch of games. If you have a solid defense, you've got a team that can run the ball and clock control. I think Southern Miss is going to win plenty of games. Southern Miss is going to be is going to do what Georgia Tech hopes to do this year, and they're going to be a solid defense that can clock control on the ground. Southern Miss is going to do it better than Georgia Tech. What'd you have their record at? Six and six. I have them going bowling. All right. Um, my four slot, I also have the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss, but I have them just barely missing a bowl game at five and seven. Um, you know, they had them, they had the most turnovers in the country last year. It led the entire nation in turning the ball over, which is bad. Um, they also allowed the most tackles for losses in the country last year. They were really bad on third down. And like you said, just a historically bad year for injuries to the quarterback position. 
don't think I've ever seen this many quarterbacks go down in the same year. Right. They had six different quarterbacks get significant playing time. You said they had four different guys start, but they had six different guys get what they consider significant playing time at quarterback last year, um, which is incredible because most teams don't carry six quarterbacks. Yeah. So I don't think most teams even carry four, let alone six. Uh, but they have uh, they they do have a great passing defense, like you said. The defense is their calling card. They have a fantastic passing defense. They force a lot of turnovers on defense. They've got good secondary, good linebackers. Every level of this defense is very good, and like you said, it's going to keep them in close games. And I think it'll be enough to win them win them quite a few of those games. They're going to play clock control, like you said, but I think they just barely miss a bowl game because they're not going to be able to score very much. So. Right. And my third slot, I've got Troy, the Troy Trojans. I think they made a, a significant hire in uh, Kentucky assistant Alabama native John Summerall, um, bringing him in. He worked on Neil Brown's staff, um, and then he spent the last four seasons as an assistant in the SEC. So he brings in this SEC culture. I think this team is led by their defense, um, features the top top defensive line in the conference, led by another – look, this is a theme in the Sun Belt – Another Archer High School grad, Will Cholo, um, who who is who's their who's their overall leader um, at the defensive line position. Um, their defense is going to be what they need to lean upon because their offense is going to have to work things out under new uh, new quarterback Joe Craddock. Um, nine starters are back, but this unit only averaged twenty two point eight points a game and five point one yards per play. So the offense is a little shaky. I think that holds them back from being a top contender. That defense alone, though, is nasty. And against these porous offensive lines that we have talked about earlier on, I think that's going to lead to Troy winning a bunch of games. And when I say a bunch of games, I mean seven, winning seven games. But uh, seven and five for Troy sitting in the third slot. All right, in my number three slot, I've got the Jaguars of South Alabama going six and six. Um, Their offensive line struggled a lot last year, and they're not really replacing a lot of guys. Uh, They lost some key wide receiver pieces to transfer. And they had a horrible pass rush last year. They were not able to get to the quarterback very much. Uh, they do have a lot returning on offense and eight starters returning on defense. I think they have like 15 total returning starters on both sides of the ball. Um, they've got good linebackers and a decent secondary. Uh, but I think they've got just enough talent to go six and six. They had a pretty good year last year. They, they only needed to win one out of their last four games to make a bowl last year, and they lost all four of them. So I think they're going to take a step forward, win one more game they did last year, and finish third in this very, very weak West Sunbelt division. Uh, in my second slot, I've got South Alabama. Um, I think this is a team that if they can make small improvements on offense, they can be a pretty good team. I have them going 7-5. and five. I do have them uh, having the same record as Troy. Uh, but this is a team that features a lockdown corner, probably the best defense, overall defensive player in the conference, and Daryl Luther Jr., um, this is also a South Alabama team that will not have to play any of the projected top four teams from the Sun Belt East in the regular season. So that's going to help out their their record. Seven and five, I think, will be pushing uh, this top team that obviously I think we're both going to have at the top. Um, but the, this team, the team up top kind of looks a little bit susceptible. So South Alabama can uh, increase their level of play. I know they lost a lot at the wide receiver position. They can be pushing uh, pushing for the top of this, as you said, pretty weak division. Yeah. Well, actually, you and I do not have the same number one. My number two is the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. I've been finishing second 
at seven and five. High on Troy. Um, Seven and five. They've got a new head coach. Billy Napier was the heart and soul of this Raging Cajuns team. He built it into what it was. So I think they won 10 or 11 games last year, which was very impressive. But he's gone, and he took a lot of people with him. He took, I think he took coaches with him, and he took players with him. And they lost a lot of key offensive line pieces. They've got a big question mark at quarterback. And they're secondary. They lost guys to transfer and just to graduation. Um, they they do have a pretty good defense, a pretty good front seven, but I think they've lost so much and they're going through so much transition right now. They're going to take a little bit of a step back and go seven and five. That's I mean that's interesting, and I agree with a lot what you uh, of lot a lot of what you were saying. But I do have Lafayette winning this division, going nine and three. I do think that the overall talent that Billy Napier left them with is enough to win them this division, especially since I think it is pretty weak. Um, replay, obviously replacing um, homeboy from last year on his name just slipped my mind. Um, the quarterback, um, golly, what was his name? He was good too. He's the lefty, Levi Lewis. Levi Lewis uh, replacing him at quarterback after he'd been there for so long is going to be tough. Give me a transition, but I think their new head coach uh, Desormo, um, he's going to be he's going to be good. His first his first uh, game, he actually beat Marshall in the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, to win them that bowl game. Obviously, this is a different team, but I do think they have the talent necessary to win this division again. Very good defense, very strong and very solid at a lot of positions. It's probably the most, this is probably the deepest team is in this division. And I think just inherently that's going to put them over the top and um, win them the division at night. All right. So obviously my final team is Troy. I've got Troy winning this division, but I only have them going seven and five. I've got this as a very, very weak division. Um, They've got four returning on offensive line, which is strong. They had the best pass rush in the conference last year, and all of their pass rushers are returning. They had really good uh, secondary. They had, they had good corners that actually led their team in tackles, so they're not just guys that can cover. They can hit. Right. They can tackle. And they do have a, they do have a first-year head coach as well, but I, I don't think it's going to set them back too much. Um, and then Gunnar Watson – their quarterback. He's a little bit unproven. He only threw for eight touchdowns and four interceptions last year because I don't think he was starting. Um, but I think he's I think he'll be a solid it's, it's just a matter of if Gunnar Watson steps up for this team, then it'll then they'll be good enough to win this to win this division. Troy has always been a hard nosed football program. They right. they have a culture down there of playing right. playing that way. Um so pretty much any team from Alabama has a reputation of playing hard nosed football. And I think Troy's no different, and I think they have enough talent, enough pieces to win this division. And then I've got um, Troy and Appalachian State in my conference championship, and I have the Mountaineers winning it all. I have App State beating uh, Louisiana Lafayette in the championship. So we just talked for 35 minutes about the Sun Belt. So I can only imagine uh, what we are going to do, but I am I am literally ecstatic to get into this. Yes, sir. Uh, we are talking SEC. finally, finally about the SEC, and I think we should start in the division that is probably the the, the least of the two. It is the least of the two. Let's talk the about the East. Zach, who is your seventh team, and why is it Vanderbilt? <laughs> it is Vanderbilt. Uh, I have them going two and ten this year, man. I, I want Vanderbilt to be good. 
I want this team to be relevant, but they're so far behind the rest of the conference. Yep. The main reason being their academic standards are so high. They can't recruit very well. I had so many, I had several friends in high school that tried to get into Vanderbilt and it's insanely hard. There's a reason why it's called the, the, the Harvard of the South. Their academic standards hurt them in recruiting. They, they, they've never had a coach that really built a culture of winning at football. Right. And that's what you have to have first before you become a winning program. You have to develop a winning culture. They had never had that before. They're just so far behind. I don't know if they're ever going to be able to catch up. Their offense was horrible last year. That's an understatement. They scored less than 17 points six times last year. They only scored more than 24 twice. They have question marks at quarterback. I think Seals is probably going to get the job. He wasn't that impressive last season. And they just don't have much to talk about in terms of weapons. Um, Not very many playmakers. They have a decent offensive line. I know their best O-lineman got poached by Alabama, but they still have a formidable offensive line. And they've got a lot of experience on defense. Now, their defense wasn't good, but it's going to be at least experienced. Got to have something good to say about Vanderbilt, but 2-10. and For Mr. Clark Lee's in time, we believe will be the best program in the country. High hopes for a uh, team that that's never going to happen. Um, in my seventh slot, I've also got Vandy, but I also have them. I have them winning four games. I do have them winning, uh, going four and eight this year. Uh, Clark Lay, who actually got a vote to win the SEC, um, I think uh, 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 with due time. I think they're <laughs> who voted time. for him to win the SEC? Probably Clark Lay. Um, <laughs> He believes he believes in his team big time, but oh, like you goodness. said, um, it's a two horse race at quarterback between Mike Wright and Ken Seals. Uh, they're returning a very a, a, a pretty good back. Look, I'll give Vanderbilt this: they always have a pretty formidable running back that is uh, pretty efficient. Um, but their offensive line sucks. Uh, a lot of this, a lot of the area of this team sucks. Vanderbilt's very smart, but they're not very good at football. Um, I think, though, I will make this bold prediction now. I think they will. Um, sneak an upset over one of the East teams. I think they're going to get hot. I think they're going to get sneak an upset over sure. one of these um, teams and get that uh, third or fourth win. I know they're going to beat Hawaii. They're going to beat Northern Illinois. Yeah, dude, I've got like, them beating Hawaii. Woo! Which is probably your two wins right there, right? Was no, Hawaii and Northern Illinois? No, I don't have them beating NIU. I have them beating Hawaii, and I think they play an FCS school, and I have them beating them. Well, then they're beating the uh, – they might be in NIU. NIU is good. I forgot that NIU is very yeah. good. So I don't NIU's know. NIU is your conference champion. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe three and nine, four and eight. Um, it looked – NIU looked worse on paper. Um, and so I don't know. Like I'm saying like in, like when I was reading about their schedule, I was like, oh, NIU, yeah, that's a win. But, no, they're good. Uh, so maybe three and nine. I'm going to stick with the four and eight. Vanderbilt going four and eight, sitting in the seven. And Vandy, I think, is going on the road to NIU. They're going in on the road to NIU, and they're make, taking the trip to Honolulu Week Zero. Yeah, which SEC school should never go on the road to a Group of Five school. So that's already hit. That's already an L for Vandy. But okay, yes, I agree. Number six slot, I've got the Missouri Tigers. Yeah, I have them at four and eight. I think they're going to take a big step back this year. They lost uh, Basilak. They've got a lot of question marks at quarterback. This team, my if I, if I were to give them one word to describe them is question mark yeah. because they've got question marks of quarterback. Who's going to play quarterback? Who's going to play running back? And then who's going to play offensive line? They've got so many question marks on their offense. Their defense, they were last in the SEC against the run. Um, the, the, good, the good side of this team is Luther Burden, their, their yeah. top wide receiver yeah, recruit. Very good. They're going to find – 
any way they can to give him the ball, whether they have to yeah. hand it off to him, throw it to him. They're going to find ways to get that kid the ball because they don't want him to transfer because he's they got to build right. the team around him. Right. They do actually have some pretty good edge rushers, so that's a positive for them. They'll 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 be able to get some sacks and generate pressure on some quarterbacks, and they have some decent secondary pieces. But there's going to be so much turnover on offense, so much to replace. I don't think it's going to be a good year for the Tigers. And the East is getting better year by year, and Missouri has kind of plateaued. Right. Uh, they're not really getting better. They're not getting worse, not getting better. But because the rest of the division is getting better, their record's going to be worse. Yeah, so. I agree. I mean, my sixth lot. I've got Missouri going five and seven. Replacing Basilak is going to be uh, is going to be tough. But I actually think that might be one of their least question marks. Uh, they have a, a, a group of guys. Uh, Brady Cook's probably going to win the job. But true freshman Sam Horn and then redshirt freshman Tyler Macon, who we saw Tyler Macon and Brady Cook in that game against Georgia. Macon had some good flashes. Brady Cook was roasting us on the ground with his le- uh, with his legs, like um, near the end of that game when we had our fourth stringers in. But um, the, the that's a that's that's a question mark because we don't know who's starting, but I think they've got three solid options. They recruited really well at the quarterback position. Uh, Sam Horn was like a four-star guy. Uh, you were already talking about Luther Burden. I think their biggest question mark is retur- is replacing Tyler Beatty. Tyler Beatty was basically their guy, the guy they gave the ball to thirty times a game, no joke. Um, and then he was still and he was catching it five or six times. He was their guy. So trying to replace his production and replace his talent is going to be very hard. Um, I don't think they're gonna be able to do it. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, uh, I think he's got he's got potential to be good. I just he's kind of he, he's he just feels very mid. I, I don't mid. think he fits this conference. I just don't. Where was he? He was at App State before he this, was at right? App State, and he had very good success. Yes, at App State. I just don't think he fits this conference. This conference is so cutthroat, and I just don't know if he fits the the cutthroat you know mentality mindset. I like when he beats Florida. Hey. Continue to beat Florida, please. But um, I think I think our predictions are going to be really interesting. I think they're going to be very different from one another. Maybe maybe not. But I've got some controversial opinions about this conference uh, in, in the West. I'm very controversial. I'm not going to lie to you. I've got some I've got some controversial opinions about this division and and the West too. This is why we had to leave the best conference for last because oh, yeah, we get yeah. a lot to talk oh, yeah. about. Oh yeah. But in my number five slot, moving on, I have the Gamecocks of South Carolina. I have them finishing fifth. I have them going seven and five. Look, for those of you listening, you're wondering, South Carolina, seven and five. I thought they were getting better. They are getting better. I like Shane Beamer. Mm -hmm. I like what he's doing. My number one negative for this team is I don't believe in Spencer Rattler. I don't believe in him at all. You're going to try and convince me that Spencer Rattler, who has all the talent in the world, has all the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in college football. But last year, at Oklahoma, he had all of these weapons and pieces around him, a good offensive line, three or four really good wide receivers, good running backs, great coaching staff, and he couldn't elevate his team to be better than he was. <laughs> in the Speak. Texas game, Speak. in the Texas game, they rattled him early by hitting him a couple of times, and he spent the rest of that game just staring at the pass rush instead of looking downfield trying to make plays. That's why Caleb Williams replaced him. I I just don't see how we can expect. And I've seen I'm seeing a lot of people saying he's the number two quarterback in this conference. I, that's laughable in my opinion. I don't even right. think he's top five in this conference. Right. Right. Right, right. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't see how you can go from Oklahoma, the 
the Lamborghini to driving in a Honda Civic and think that you're going to be better off. You're just going to all of a sudden play better. You're not. No. Um, Their number, um, they had a really bad run defense last year. I think they'll be a little bit better, but that, that is a negative for them. They have, they've got some pretty good playmakers at wide receiver, good offensive line to protect Spencer Rattler, a good front seven. And they had the number one pass defense last year in the conference. The main reason for that, though, is because people were just gashing them on the ground and didn't have to run, didn't have to pass the ball, but they are returning all of those uh, secondary pieces, so that'll be good. But the main reason I got them going seven and five, I don't believe in Spencer Rattler. Sorry, right. I just don't. Right. Um, well, in my five slot, we're going to differ for the first time. I've got the Florida Gators going six and six. Uh, I legitimately think Florida can st- will start the year zero and two uh, against Utah, and then they play. Hey, let me let me double check this. I don't want to be wrong, but I know they're going to lose. I I, I let me look. I, Is I it UCF? They are playing. So. No, they play Kentucky week two. Yeah, um, yeah. So they're yeah, all. They're I have gonna, them losing both those games. They're going to legitimately yeah. start zero and two, and this teams, and then they, they 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 play Tennessee two weeks later. I think they lose that game. This is a team that I just don't trust under Billy Napier in the first year, and it has a lot to do with the with a lot with their players, not even Billy Napier. A lot, I just, the ego, and I don't like this team, so it's going to be a little bit of bias. Um, but the, the ego of this team, just that they think they're these, the, this great team, and they struggled greatly last year. They lost Kamari Gamble. They lost a lot of what made them great. And I don't believe in Anthony Richardson. I don't think he's this next coming of Cam, of Cam Newton. Um, I really don't think he's that good. Um, he, he's not AR-15 anymore. He's like Glock 19 or something like that. Like, he's, he's not, um, he's... <laughs> I, that was a stupid. No, joke. he's not using but, his. He's not no, using the AR-15 because of yeah, yes, yes. guns. Yes, guns. Guns um, are offensive. These, um, <laughs> but anyways, I just don't believe in this team. They, yes, sure, they they dipped into the transfer portal with Billy Napier, and I think they're going to be better under Billy Napier in the future, better than Dan Mullen. But I just don't believe in this team. I think they, they better barely, hope he's better than Dan Mullen. I think they barely scratch bowl eligibility. Like they 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 might lose. They legitimately could lose to Vandy or Missouri. Um, and if they do either of that, if they lose to one of those teams, I don't think they make a bowl. So six and six for Florida. Dude, I would love to see the Gators go six and six, but I don't think they will. My number four slot, again, this is my gonna might cause a lot of controversy, especially with those we know. I've got the Tennessee Volunteers finishing fourth in this division. I've got them finishing seven and five. Wow. Um okay. you know, on fourth and wrong, you guys had asked your fans. Um, what the most controversial opinion or the boldest take for this year. My boldest take is Tennessee is losing five games this season. And here's why. And I'm probably going to be talking about this team for like the next 10 minutes. So bear with me. Okay. Okay. Um, their positive and their negative is, is their high octane offense. Right. It's a positive because right. when it's working, when it's humming, you can score a bunch of points on a team. And we've seen this before. We've seen it with Chip Kelly. We saw it earlier on in the Mike Leach days. We've seen lots of teams run this. When when did any of those teams ever win a national championship? I think only one of those teams ever even made the college football playoff or the national championship, and they got embarrassed when they played an elite defense. I don't think the high octane offense works because, like I said, when it when it's when it's humming, when it's working, when you're not playing uh, elite defense, you can score a bunch of points. When you actually play a good defense, like Tennessee did four times last year and lost all four of those games. What happens when your team goes three and out after you've run three plays in 30 seconds? Then your defense has got to go right back out there after only being on the bench for 
less than a minute. And they're huffing and puffing. Your big defensive lineman got to go back out there after not having to catch their, not having time to catch their breath. And then, then the other team comes out there and gashes you on the ground and gashes you through the pass. I saw it last year in person. I went to the Georgia-Tennessee game in person in Neyland Stadium, hostile territory. Tennessee came out. They scored on the first drive of the game. Then they had a lot of trouble moving the ball the rest of the way because they move so fast. They'll get a 20-yard completion, and their whole team is sprinting downfield to get a snap off. Well, what about those big 300-pound linemen you have playing offensive line? Now they're gassed moving downfield. They're not going to be able to pick up blocks as effectively. Your defense, they're not getting as much time to rest. That's why I think I, I don't like the style. I don't think it works for teams. Hendon Hooker is an elite quarterback. He threw for 3,000 yards and 31 touchdowns. They're not going to lose five games because of Hendon Hooker. Cedric Tillman's an elite wide receiver. They, had, they were seventh in the nation in tackles for losses on defense, which is good. But I don't think this defense can stop anybody. They, they allowed uh, Their offensive line allowed the most sacks in the SEC last year. In your face, Cade Mays. You made the wrong decision. Um, you weren't even good at Tennessee. Um, so they allowed the most sacks in the SEC last year. And I think that's in large part because they go so fast. And your offensive line is gassed by the end of your drive. And they can't block anymore. They're not great at running back. Their best running back, in my opinion, transferred out, Tyon Evans. And they let up way too many big plays. Um, and that's because their defense is gassed. I think that's going to happen again this year when they meet the elite defenses of the conference. They're not going to be able to move the balls effectively. It's going to hurt their defense because they're moving too fast. In my opinion, if Tennessee wants to be an elite <laughs> team, they've got to slow the pace down. Slow it down. Because they have the they have the play calling ability, the offense to win games, but they've got to slow the pace down. Also, one more thing, and then I'll pass it over to you. Um, Josh Heupel, he took over that UCF program right after Scott Frost's undefeated season. And every year he was there, they lost more games than they did the previous year. So I don't necessarily believe in Josh Heupel. So they need to prove it to me. Tennessee needs to prove it to me. And that's why I've got him in the four slot. Um, I, I mean, that's 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 spot on. Um, and you'll see later um, in my four slot. I've got South Carolina going seven and five. Um, I, I a lot of the things you were saying, I, I really like Shane Beamer. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of Shane Beamer. I like the 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 culture of South Carolina. What I don't like is that their fans are thinking that one guy is now going to make them turn them into this nine or ten win team um, that they're they're going to beat us in Columbia. I just don't see it happening. To be honest with you, it's this team is going to be improved. Six and six last year. They're going seven and five this year. I think what they they won the Duke's Mayo Bowl against North Carolina, um, but they're going to go seven and five this year. You're going to see improvements. Rattler's not that good, but he is a talent. I think he's going to be better than any of the quarterbacks they had at the at the helm last year because I think they're starting like a seventh year senior. Uh, they had grad, like, grad, like a they had grad. like five different guys yeah. play quarterback. A lot of guys play quarterback last year. I think they've got a solid guy in Spencer Rattler. He's not a, he's not that good. Everything Zach was saying was true. Um, you, if he can't have success with these amazing wide receivers at Oklahoma, I don't think he's going to have success with the guys at South Carolina. So that for that reason, in my four slot, I've got the South Carolina Gamecocks on the seven. All right, my number three slot, I have the Florida Gators. I have them going eight and four. And I, I had to I had to completely take my bias out of this because I I hate Florida. I hate Florida. 
I will say it. I don't care. I hate Florida. I hate everything about the University of Florida. But Billy Napier, he's a he's a he's new to the he's new to the to the big schools, the big time. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. We know he had success at Louisiana Lafayette. How is it going to translate over to Florida? Um, and I think that the four games they lose is just going to be strictly because they don't have a lot of talent. Um, it's not really going to be necessarily because of Napier's coaching. They just don't have as much talent as they think they do. Florida fans think they have a better team than they really do, um, but I don't think they're going to be that bad. They're not great at pass rush. They're going to be in a lot of close games, but I think they win about half of those close games. They lost Diabate, which was huge. He was your he was your leader on defense. He's now transferred to Utah. They do have a good running game. Florida seems to always be able to run the football, and Billy Napier has always been a proponent of running the football. He's good. He's he's always good at. Uh, promoting the run game. They actually have a pretty decent offensive line. And while I agree with you that I don't think AR-15 is exactly what everybody cracks him up to be, I do think that he is a good playmaker. He's going to make enough plays to get this team to 8-4. and four. Um, I think they're going to beat Tennessee because Tennessee, for whatever reason, just cannot seem to beat Florida. <clears throat> That's why I think that they're going to lose because, and also because, again, Tennessee... Florida's going to run the football on them. I'm not sure Tennessee's going to be able to stop the dual threat with two running backs plus the quarterback being able to run on them. So I've got Florida winning that game going eight and four. I want them to be bad, but I've got to take my bias out of it. I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be eight and four. They, they'll probably sneak out a game that probably shouldn't win. They're definitely not beating Georgia. Um, they're definitely not beating Kentucky. But I think every other game is pretty much a toss-up. So yep. Florida at number three. Uh, and my number three, I've got Tennessee going seven and five. So exact, the exact same as you, Zach. I know that uh, takes away from your like bold prediction, but I do have them finishing third at seven and five, which I know is a little bit of that. But I was looking at their schedule. They open against Ball State, which is a win. Uh, week two against Pittsburgh, I'm not, not convinced that's a win, yeah. um, especially with Keaton Slovis at the helm for them. Akron's a win. Florida's a win, in my opinion. I think they beat Florida. But then they've got LSU and Alabama back-to-back. Yeah, those are both They have losses. to travel to Death Valley, and then they have to turn around and play Alabama at home. Both of those are losses. They'll beat Tennessee Martin. And then they've got Kentucky at home. Then they travel to Athens. Those are back-to-back losses. So you're yeah. looking at five losses right there, and you're looking at four and five at that point. I think they yeah. beat Missouri, beat South Carolina, and beat Vanderbilt to end the year. But I don't I, – look, you stole the words right out of my mouth, and I think it's because we limit, listen to similar podcasts um, outside of the show. But I, I really – and I, but I believe what they're saying on that podcast. This, this offense is too fast for their own good. Yeah. You, you, they, you can score 50 points. Um, you can score the first two drives, but if you go two and out or three and out twice in a row, your offense has been on the, on the field for – 20 minutes and has gotten no break because yeah. you, you can't sustain an offense like that. So at the end of the day, Tennessee sure on paper looks good. They're going to have a good offense, but that defense is porous. The defense is really bad and their pace is going to ruin them. So for that reason, I have Tennessee going seven and five sitting in the third slot. I think our one, two is going to be very similar, yeah. but I'm, I'm very interested to see your record. Something I forgot to mention with Tennessee, they were zero and five when they could not score 35 points. Oh, and five. That's wow. that's not wow. good. Wow. So 
that just goes to show you that the pace is going to kill them. Number two, I have Kentucky. I have them going 10 and two. I only have them losing two games this year. One of those is going to be to Georgia. And then I think I have them losing to, I think a team from the West. I, I forgot. I haven't, I haven't looked at their schedule, but I have them going 10 and two. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is coming back for what seems like his sixth year at running back. He's a big right. bruiser. Uh, Cavassier smoke comes back. Uh, Will Levis. He's getting a lot of attention and for good reason. He threw for 33 touchdowns, 2,800 yards last year. They actually have a really good run defense. Um, Georgia was not able to run the ball as effectively, and they, we still won the game, but we weren't able to run the ball as effectively as we normally do against Kentucky. I love what Mark Stoops has done with this team. Right. I think he is the most underrated head coach in college football. He doesn't get attention, he doesn't get offers from big schools. But I think if you're a program that like has been traditionally successful and you're wanting to get back to success, that's the guy you want to call. I'm not saying he's going to leave. I don't, I don't think Mark Stoops wants to leave, but I don't know why this guy doesn't get phone calls. The only issue I have with this team is they lost a lot on their offensive line, so they're going to struggle there a little bit. Um, I think they lost a few pieces on defense too, but they're going to, they're going to fall short to Georgia and they're going to lose one other game along the way. I think I think I have them losing to Ole Miss on the road. They, they play Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Yeah, I think they're going to lose to Ole Miss on the road. They'll beat the Mississippi State, but 10-2. and two, I think Kentucky is slowly rising to the top. I don't know if they're going to overtake Georgia. Matter of fact, the only game that I am genuinely worried about this year for Georgia is the Kentucky game at Kentucky. I think that is a trap game. Not really even a trap game because that's a good team. Um not to spoil it, but I do have Georgia going undefeated, but I do think that we could potentially lose that game at Kentucky. I think that's the biggest game. I think that's the game we have the highest chance of losing in the regular season. Well, by your logic, if Georgia were to lose that game to Kentucky and the rest of their schedule plays out, we don't make the SEC championship. Kentucky. No, no, because I still have Kentucky losing to Ole Miss. Yeah, but there would be one loss and one loss. Kentucky Uh, would have the head-to-head. Kentucky would make the SEC championship. Yeah. Which is crazy, but in my second slot, I do have Kentucky going ten and two as well. Uh, you look at your uh, the the guys that they return. Will Levis, although he's a weirdo out saw off the field, he's very talented. He's going to be a first round quarterback. Man's got all the tools. He's very. I, I mean, I saw him have the tools at Penn State too, but James Franklin never really gave him the keys. Um, I think he's kind of regretting that now, seeing the current state of his program. But I think he fits here at Kentucky. Mark Stoops has done a tremendous job. They have a solid defensive line. They've got a great rushing attack. Cavassier Smoke is a, a is electric. Replacing Wandale Robinson is going to be hard just because Wandale was a very key transfer piece and a very good piece for them in general last year for Kentucky. Um, this team's going ten and two. I think I, I agree with you. I think they dropped the game in um, in an Oxford and then they drop against Georgia, which is a close game. Um, but ten and two for Kentucky. You said a lot of the things that I wanted to say about them. They're they're they're, they're very solid. 10 and 2. Yeah. This is going to be a great year for Kentucky. Kroger Field is yeah. going to be popping. All right. My number one team, obviously, is your defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. I wore my national championship shirt right. today. Right. Um, right. But the Georgia Bulldogs, I've got them going undefeated. Uh, the only game, like I said, that I'm really worried about is Kentucky. I've seen a lot, I've seen no less than 10 college football analysts say we're going to lose to Tennessee in Athens, which I think is ridiculous. The game was in Neyland. 
maybe I'd be a little bit more Last nervous. Last year was in Milan. They're the same team. I know. I know. If, if I'd be a little bit more nervous if it was in Neyland. But this year, it's going to be in Athens. I, I'm not going to keep harping on Tennessee. I don't want to feel like I'm bullying Tennessee and Tennessee fans. But UGA is not a Tennessee fan, guys. UGA is not losing that game. UGA is not losing that game. They're not. Uh, the, like I said, I'm, I'm worried about the, the Kentucky game. I'm, I'm a little, maybe a little bit concerned about the Mississippi State game. Not too much. But Kentucky late in the year is going to be a big, big game. That's the one I'm worried about. But UGA goes 12 and 0. We have actually a very, very favorable schedule this season. We do. We do. Um, I, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna beat Oregon by by at least fifteen. Um, so I know that's maybe a little bit of a bold take, but I think we beat them by at least fifteen, and we just roll the championship. Look, what we could talk about Georgia for an entire show, but I, I just want to condense it. But what right. a lot of people don't talk about on this Georgia team last year is we were sixth in the country in sacks allowed. Our offensive line very was very good, good and they. I think he had like. 13 or 14 guys get what he considers starter reps. He was constantly rotating guys in. So even though we lost a couple of pieces, the backups got just as many reps as they did. I think Jalen Carter, arguably, from what I'm hearing from a lot of NFL scouts, Jalen Carter might actually be better than Jordan Davis and uh, better than um, Devontae Wyatt and better than, uh, uh, gosh, who was the first overall pick? Yeah, what was his name? Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker. And a lot of – <laughs> A lot of a lot of uh, NFL scouts are saying they think Jalen Carter is better than them. Um, a couple of guys I want us to look out for this year: Smale Mondin. Uh, he's he's been turning a lot of heads. Ooh, yeah, he's been turning a lot of heads in spring practice. I think he's going to have a breakout year. Yeah, um, I think he plays linebacker. I think he's going to he have does. a breakout yep. year this year. Number twenty. Um, actually, he wears number two. I think he changes number to number two. Oh, well, that's stupid. Uh, Don't change the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, another positive: Stetquavius Bennett. Um, oh, if yeah. you don't know what I'm talking about, um, some of the Georgia players posted a TikTok of him. He's got a fade now. Um, and so now all the players are calling him Stetquavius Bennett. Um, but I think he's got so much confidence now. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that no analysts have him in their top five quarterbacks in the SEC this season. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Nobody, uh, myself included, everybody counted him out last year. I thought Stetson Bennett was a joke up until about week six of last year. Um, linebacker, the, my only concerns with this team, wide receivers are not as deep. Um, I, we still have great playmakers. Arian Smith got hurt for like the 19th time in two years. Dude, he's going to so bad for that kid. I know. I just, he just can't catch a break. Um, but I'm a little concerned about our, about our front seven. Other than Jalen Carter and Robert Beal, I think we'll be fine those two spots. But I'm not really concerned so much as I'm just interested to see how we replace those guys. Right. Our defense is not going to be as dominant as it was last year. I don't That's think they're going to take a significant step backwards. They're not going to take a huge step backwards, but um, I still think they're going to be really good. Our offense will be better than it was last year, and our defense a little bit worse. But I still think 12 and 0, and fine. it'll come down to the SEC championship yeah, game. Yeah, that's look, I. I mean, come on. I've got Georgia going 12-0, and winning the East. Um, and I don't really think any games are close this year. I'll be completely honest with you, Zach. I think the closest game um, might be Mississippi State in Starkville. Like, I, that's the game that kind of scares me, um, just because Starkville 
they gave us a run last year, last time that we were in there. I know that our team wasn't nearly as good. That was the JT Daniels like coming out party game. Um, I think a guy you forgot to mention was Nolan Smith. Yes, uh, uh, Nolan well, Smith is back. If I mentioned everybody, you'd be talking. For oh, four right, hours. right. Kali yeah. Ringo is back. Um, MJ Sherman is a guy that I want us to watch out for. Uh, number eight coming off the uh, outside linebacker. He's a junior, six two, and we just pump pump those guys out, don't we? Like we are just always. Or linebacker, you. I don't care anybody yes, says. hundred percent. Linebacker, you. Uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson is going to be tremendous. Karis Jackson is back on the offensive end. I really don't think wide receivers as big as an issue as you think because, look, we've got so many tight ends yeah. that one of our tight ends are going to slip out to wide receiver. I think Arik Gilbert's going to be playing slot all the time. You've got Lad McConkey. You've got A.D. Mitchell, who I think is going to be our number one wide receiver this year. And then all around, we're just talented. Stett is going to have a year. Kendall Milton might get his job stolen by Branson Robinson by like week four because Branson Robinson is – a faster Nick Chubb is what I'm hearing from reports, yeah. which be scared. And you know, when Nick Chubb had his coming out party was his freshman year. Um, yeah. And that little stretch but we're talking about. Kendall going, Milton bulked up big time this offseason. Kendall Milton is good, but Kendall yes. Milton also is de- dealing with an injury already. So I think oh, on I the offensive that. end, I think Branson Robinson is going to just earn more and more carries every single week. He's going to be, Georgia always has that freshman who demands carries. DeAndre yeah. Swift when we had Chubb and uh, Michelle. DeAndre Swift had the game winning, like had the game ceiling play against Auburn in the SEC championship game. Yeah. Branson Robin play Branson Robinson plays that role this year very well behind Kendall Milton and Dijon Edwards. This team is nasty. Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Oscar Delp, Eric Gilbert. Best tight end class probably ever um, from top to bottom. And you can line them all up on the same position. If I am, I, this might have been a joke, and but I've read it a couple times. But the first play of spring practice for Georgia at the wide receiver position was Eric Gilbert. At the slot receiver to the left was Brock Bowers. To the right was Oscar Delp. And then to the right, a uh, lineup wide, uh, wide right was Darnell Washington. And they ran a QB draw with Stetson. <laughs> So if that tells you anything, what they're going to do this year, just watch out for Georgia. If they have any sort of weak point, I think it's DB. Uh, I think defense, defensive back, they've got a lot of unproven guys. You've got Kali Ringo and you've got Tyke Smith who are going to be very good. Other than that, you're going to be dealing are going to be relying upon guys who really haven't had much run. Nyland I think Green. Chris Smith is coming back. That's Chris what I heard. Smith is back. Yes. Yeah, Chris Smith. Chris is Smith back. The Smiths are back and Ringo is back, which are back in safeties. But other than Ringo, you're going to be a reliant upon Nylon Green, who is finally going to get an opportunity. Redshirt freshman. Dalen Everett, as a true freshman, I heard, has been stealing the show. So obviously, these guys are all five starts, are going to be good. Georgia is going to cement themselves back in to the SEC championship game. And if they're undefeated, think like last year, think they're in the college football playoff no matter what. Possibly, yeah. Right, let's move on to the West because we could continue to talk about Georgia Oof, all day, but let's could. get on to the West. Let's go on to the this, West. This one was so hard. I, I There were so many hard, hard ones to pick because it's so competitive. I don't yeah. think any team in the West is necessarily bad, but it's just, it's difficult. So do you want to start? Since, I do want to start. Yeah, you I start. In my seventh slot at six and six, I've got Auburn. Uh, I think uh, with especially with TJ Finley now having his issues, this is a team that's really in a limbo. They lost a lot of their good players. They lost Shivers. 
They lost their number one wide receiver. There's a lot of turnover. They lost Bo Nix. A lot of turnover on offense, and they an offseason riddled by kind of almost wanting to fabricate a story to get Brian Harson fired um, is really not a good look. I think they were they on defense they return a bunch of studs. A guy that lives in my neighborhood is starting at the off uh, the outside linebacker position. Uh, Colby Wooden, um, he's going to be he's going to be a player this year for them. A guy that went to Grayson Owen Papo is going to be their best player on defense. And they've got some guys on defense offensively though. Tank Bigsby is really all they have. Um, he's very good. Don't get me wrong. Tank Bigsby is very good. But when you can game plan just to stop him, it's going to feel a lot like those LSU teams when they didn't have a quarterback, but they had Leonard Fournette and Darius Geis, all those guys. It's going to feel very similar to that. They're just not elite at the outside, at the wide receiver position. I think it's going to hurt them six and six for the Auburn Tigers. I also have Auburn in my seven slot. I've got them going six and six. Um, Again, off-season controversies, distractions. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. They have right. all an all-new coaching staff except for Harson. They lost their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator. Um, they're going to be adjusting to a new offensive system. Who's going to start, TJ Finley or Zach Calzada? Personally, I think Zach Calzada will probably win the job right off the bat. But I think if he starts to struggle, we could start seeing a quarterback rotation. I forgot about Calzada, dude. I'm yeah. Calzada. I think, I think Calzada will probably win the job. Um, they lost a lot in their secondary. Said so they lost their best wide receiver. Yeah, Tank Bigsby is really the only positive. Except for, uh, they also have a good front four. Their D line will actually be pretty scary. Yes. But other than that, they're not going to be able to do a whole lot. Uh, they'll they'll probably pull off an upset maybe here and there because. It's, I don't know, weird things happen at Jordan-Hare. Uh, Jordan-Hare, yeah. They they win games they should not win at Jordan-Hare all the time. So they'll probably win a game there that they shouldn't win. But six and six, they'll, they'll go bowling. But this team's got a lot of rebuilding to do, especially bouncing back from all that controversy. I think Harson will keep his job after this year, but uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, I think, next season to start getting things rolling. Right, so. Um, yes, I agree with all that. And my sixth slot, I've got the Mississippi State Bulldogs going eight and four. Um, I think this is really, this Mississippi State team is good. Don't get me wrong. Saying eight and four at number six. Wow. Yes. So uh, I, this is a loaded division and you'll see, I'm very high on a team that you might not be high on, but, um, sitting at eight and four, I think this team is just very, very good. Top to bottom. Will Rogers is so efficient. So um, is just so good across the board. We saw them take this step near the end of the year last year where they looked like a legitimate team. Um, and then look, Mike Leach did what Josh Heupel refuses to do. He slowed down, down the air yeah. raid. So that worked for Mississippi State. They transitioned to this slower pace offense, which Mike Leach, re- Mike Leach realized that's what you have to do to have success in the SEC. I think they're going 8-4 and four just because of how tough their schedule is. I mean, when you play Alabama, when you play Georgia in the same season, and you play Texas A&M, it's going to be hard to win all three of those games. Um, I think they're going to drop another game um, to a to a team I have I'm a little bit higher on um, going into this year. They look they legitimately could go seven and five, um, but I do think they're going to win a couple games, win a couple big games. They're going to look really good some weeks, and I think some weeks they're going to look a little poor. But this Mississippi State all around uh, team all around, they've got good wide receivers a great quarterback and a solid defense eight and four sitting at the sixth slot, which is crazy. My number six slot. I also have the Bulldogs on Mississippi state. I have them going seven and five. That's respectable. Uh, <clears throat> main reason 
they don't generate enough pressure on defense. They don't they don't get in the backfield a lot. They lost some key pieces on defense. Um, they have eight returning on offense, which is always good. And you took the mm-hmm. words right out of my mouth. Mike Leach is doing what Josh Heupel is going to have to do to be elite in the SEC. Mike Leach plays the weirdest style of football I've ever seen. He plays clock control, but he doesn't run the football. It's so weird. They actually it's had so annoying too. They actually had the lowest average yards per attempt on passing in the entire in all of college football last year and won seven games. It's so strange the style of football they play, but he's the pirate. He's the pirate for a reason. Um, Will Rogers really is a superstar. He threw for 4,700 yards, 36 touchdowns, and had a 74% completion percentage. Yeah, that is insane. That's nasty. They actually they have a good offensive line. I know they lost um, their really good old lineman to the draft in the first round. Um, I forget Charles his Cross. name. Charles, Charles Cross. Charles Cross. But they still have some good pieces behind them. Um, But again, I just think they're going to be out talented by a lot of the teams in this division. They're going to they're going to probably shock and upset a team here or there. And they're going to keep a lot of games really close. But ultimately, even though it's the most unique style of offense and the most unique style of play, I still don't think it works. You have to be able to balance your attack out. Um, Mike Leach is running the ball a little bit more than he used to but he still doesn't run the ball enough to really be an elite team. But seven and five and number six in the division. I agree with a lot of things you were just saying there. Um, and the number five slot going eight and four as well. I'm sticking in the state of Mississippi. I've got Ole Miss going eight and four. Um, I just think this is another byproduct of a tough division, Zach. I think this is just top to bottom. The West is so good. They're in a little bit of <laughs> Matt Corral and bringing in Jackson Dart. I don't know um, if he's going to. I think he's also competing with Altmaier as well yeah. for, the, for the starting job. This team's going to be able to score. Defensively, though, they lost their defensive coordinator from last year who really brought the best out of the team. Forgot his name. Durkin. They lost DJ, DJ Durkin. Durkin. Yeah. They lost DJ Durkin. Um, I think the defense is going to struggle a little bit more than they did last year. Um, Ole Miss is not going to be near the level that they were last year. I think they're going to drop games to Alabama and some other teams. But eight and four for Ole Miss is not bad. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be where Lane Kiffin wants, of course. But this team's going to be solid. In any other division in college football, I think they're a 10-win team. They're an eight-win team in the SEC West sitting in the five slot. All right. In my number five slot, this might surprise you. I've got the Rebels of Ole Miss. I've got them going eight and four. Wow. There you um, go, baby. <clears throat> so um, they, they have a bad offensive line um, for pass protection, at least. They were, they were decent in the run and weren't very good at protecting the quarterback last season. That's why you saw Matt Corral make so many amazing plays because he had to because there were people in the backfield every play. Uh, they lost their top three wide receivers. They did not have a good run defense, even though DJ Durkin did wonders for that defense. They still weren't very good against the run. For the talent their, level that they had on that yeah. team, for them to even be yeah. remotely good was what I'm Their best pass rusher is going to be gone. Um, but it, they, while they did lose some of their key running back pieces, Zach Evans is coming in. I know he's a little oh bit of a God. basket case mentally, but ba- but he's going to be a playmaker. He was the he was one of the best running backs last year playing at TCU, but he's going to be a difference maker at Ole Miss this year. I think their quarterback situation is a positive because I think they they won't go wrong either way they go because Lane Kiffin is a quarterback guru. Um, I think they're gonna, I think Jackson Dart's going to win the job. 
But I think if he starts struggling and has a couple of bad games, Lane Kiffin's going to have no problem going to Luke Altmeyer. I saw the games that Luke Altmeyer played last year. He's a dog. He's got some yeah. dog in him. He, yeah, he the big good. stage does not scare that kid. And I really like him. I don't think he's talented enough to to win over Jackson Dart. But as we've seen with Stetson Bennett, sometimes the most talented guy is not the best fit. Right. So I think we could see that this year. Luke Altmeyer take that job. And they actually have some decent corners and safeties. But again, like I, I, I agree with you. This division is just too hard. I think they take a little bit of a step back. I think possibly they could upset Alabama this year. Maybe. But other than that, I think they go eight and four and finish fifth in the division. So we're lined up right now, pretty much. Um, teams wise, we might differ here. Sitting in the number four slot, going nine and three, I have the Arkansas Razorbacks. I think they're going to be they're going to keep improving upon this this thing that Sam Pittman's got going. They're returning KJ Jefferson, <laughs> who I think is legitimately going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. They have a lot of talent. They're returning like seventh year senior Bumper Pool. I think he's still playing for them. No, this I think year. he's gone. No, I think he's returning. I think he's back. Um, Just keep talking. I'll look. Yeah. So bumper pool, they they return a lot of the guys that made him great last year. Obviously, they lost Traylon Burks, but they've got they've got guys everywhere. Pittman has this team playing tremendous and improving every single year. I think this there's no there that's no different this year. Arkansas is really good top to bottom, and they're going to win nine games. I think they lose to the team in third, and that's why they're not above them. But they are very like they are a couple wins that they could be a ten win team this year. Legitimately, they could be a ten win team this year. But I I don't think that happens. Nine and three for Arkansas sitting in the four slot. I think you're right. I think Bumper Pool is returning. So she's crazy right there. Um, <clears throat> nine number three slot four four or four. four slot. I'm sorry, or four slot. I've got the Aggies of Texas A&M at nine and three. Um, they they were one and four last year when they allowed more than twenty points which is not good. Um, They're replacing a lot on the defensive side of the ball. They allowed way too many big plays. And, you know, that I I think the Jimbo Fisher is a little bit overrated. I know that he recruited really well, but there's now a lot of pressure on this team to start performing and performing quickly. I think their quarterback situation is going to be very interesting. Are they going to go with Haynes King? Are they going to go with Max Johnson? Personally, I think Max Johnson is the better talent. I think he's the better quarterback. But all I'm here, but all anybody talks about is Haynes King and how he's he runs a four four forty and how he can throw the ball. Haynes King might win the job out of the jump, but I think they'll they might lose a game early. Uh, matter of fact, I I need to pull up their pull up their schedule for me real quick while I'm talking. I think they're going to lose a game early in the year, and that's going to give Max Johnson the job. Max Johnson doesn't get a lot of credit. He was at LSU the last two years while that program was going through it. I mean, there was so much controversy behind the scenes with uh, Ed Orgeron, like bringing his girlfriends to practice and letting his girlfriend's son. He was dealing with a lot of crap at LSU, but yet he was faithful to that school and he was playing as well as he possibly could. So I don't think he gets a lot of credit. So I think he'll eventually win the job after they lose an early game. A-Chain, I think, is a very good running back. I think A-Chain's going to be amazing. They do have a pretty good offensive line. They've got some good secondary, and they've got some good linebackers. But I, I'm, I would be willing to put like 100 bucks 
that they are not beating Alabama for a second year in a row. That's not happening. Read off the first like five games for them for me. Uh, Sam Houston State, App State, Miami, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. And I have them losing have- to. I have them losing to the Hurricanes. I have wow. them losing to the Hurricanes week three. Um, yeah, so I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on. And I know they've recruited really well, but most of those recruits are freshmen. It's going to take a little while for them to really show out. But I've got them going nine and three and finishing at my four slot. Okay, your four slot. So I'm in my three slot. Uh, my three slot going nine and three. I've got the LSU Tigers. Uh, first year under Brian Kelly, and I think Brian Kelly has his guy. What what the most one of the more successful quarterbacks for Notre Dame was Deshaun Kaiser, and the guy that they brought in in Jaden Daniels gives me a lot of Deshaun Kaiser vibes for him. I think he's got a guy immediately that he loves, and look. LSU is talented as crap. And you just talked about LSU last year. Their talent level was way above what they, what they, how they performed last year. And it was riddled with, uh, with, with controversy with Ed Orgeron. Brian Kelly's going to level them out. He's going, he's a great head coach. He does not have many losing seasons. They're going to go nine and three just because of the toughness of this conference. This seems going to be competitive in every game. I think Jaden Daniels is going to shine in the SEC spotlight. He's not going to be the reason they lose any of these games. I think they have a little bit of a lack of depth at offensive line. That's my only issue for them. LSU sitting in the three slot going nine and three. My number three slot is the LSU Tigers. I have them going 10 and two. Um, I believe their their offensive line struggled a bit last year, but I think that they are getting a couple guys in the transfer portal. They're a little bit more experienced. Their positives is Brian Kelly. Um, I believe that the, uh, the host of uh, our favorite podcast, Crane and Company, I think he puts it beautifully that Brian Kelly is the stepdad that you never liked, but he was exactly what you needed. He was mm-hmm. the guy that came in and said, hey, you need to clean your room. You need to find better friends. You need to actually sit down and do your homework. LSU for the last couple of years under Ed Orgeron, Ed Orgeron was like, do whatever you want. I don't care. This is, you know, this is a free-for-all here at LSU. But Brian Kelly's going to come in and say, no, no, no. We, we do things a certain way here. You're not going to be allowed to just do whatever you want. You're going to have to follow a system, follow a structure. And I think in the beginning, there's going to be maybe a little growing pains. People being like, well, I'm not used to this. But in the end, when they see the results, they're going to be so glad that it happened. Brian Kelly is a fantastic coach. Jaden Daniels has officially won the job as of today. We're going to talk about this a little bit in, in just a few minutes. But Miles Brennan has walked away from football because he'd lost the starting job. Um I think he's going to be a fantastic playmaker. Uh, also, don't sleep on their true freshman, Nussmeyer. If Jaden Daniels struggles, Nussmeyer will get playing time. And he, there's been a lot of talk that he is a superstar in the making. Um, Kayshawn Butte is coming back. He's going to be completely healthy. He's going to be a good playmaker. Nasty. Uh, they're going to create a lot of pressure on defense. They've got a really good secondary. LSU always has good for secondary. And they've got a good front seven. So they're going to be good on both sides of the ball. They're going to lose to Alabama. They'll probably lose to uh, my number two team. But I think LSU, I don't think it's going to take them a long time to really get good again in this in yeah. this division. I could see nine and three. I wouldn't be surprised by nine and three. But I think they'll go ten and two and surprise some people this year. So we're on two now. Yes. In my yeah. two slot going 11 and one, I've got the Alabama Crimson Tide. No, you don't. 
I do have the Alabama Crimson no. Tide going 11 and 1, sitting in the two slot. Listen. Nick Saban has never gotten this much in his head with a single coach in his life. Jimbo Fisher is living rent-free in Nick Saban's mind. Yes, he's the best coach of all time. That doesn't matter. This team is elite top to bottom. But I think they're slipping up against Texas A&M, Zach. I think they're losing two years in a row to Texas A&M. No, there's no way. Alabama no way. has some issues in the trenches. They are, they've, yes, sure, they've got Will Anderson, probably the best player in the And league. Dallas Turner. Dallas they Turner. They've got two on the fantastic pass edge. rushers. I'm talking about right in the middle. What is Texas A&M going to do well? They're going to pound the rock with A-chain. They're going to beat Alabama to uh, the second year in a row. They're going to go to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. And Alabama will not win the West Division this year. They will go 11-1. and They're going to whip everyone else. They're going to whip oh everyone else. They're losing to Texas A&M. They're going 11-1. I cannot believe what I just heard. I can't believe it. Jimbo Fisher. Look. I understand what you're saying about getting in Nick Saban's head. The only person that gets in Nick Saban's head is Nick Saban. Jimbo Fisher is not living rent free in that guy's head. Nick Saban, as we said, as I think we said last week, Nick Saban does complain about things, but he doesn't dwell on them. He embraces them. So maybe he was complaining. Usually, but I think he was does. He was complaining about the NIL stuff, but you know what? He's embraced it. He's went out and, Gotten a I think his team this year is going to be better than they were last year. And uh, Texas A&M, they're going to have a good team. I don't think they're going to be nearly good enough to beat them a second time. I don't think Nick Saban has ever lost two years in a row to the same team. Um, I could be wrong. I think the only person that did that was uh, Hugh Freeze, the only person that's ever beat him two years in a row. Yep, 15 and 16. My number two team is the Arkansas Razorbacks at 10 and 2. Wow. Respect. They they need a better pass rush, um, and they're going to have some question marks replacing their running backs. But look, they had the best rushing game last year. I think they're going to continue that rushing attack. I love I love what Sam Pittman has done. I think Barry Odom has done a fantastic job with that defense. KJ Jefferson is going to be a low key Heisman candidate this year. They've got a really good offensive line. Jadon Hazelwood coming in is going to be a huge playmaker to replace Traylon Burks, and they've got a good secondary. And I think. That they're going to be, I think they're be, they're beating Texas A and M. Arkansas is beating Texas A and M, and they're beating LSU. They're going to lose to Bama, and they'll probably drop another game to somebody else. But I love the Razorbacks. I think now that they're actually good, their fans are going to start showing out again. That's a tough place to play in Arkansas and Little Rock. So, give me your number one team, since I already know who they are. My number one team is the Texas A and M Aggies, going eleven and one. No, I don't have them going twelve and zero. I think they slip up against Miami. I really do. I, I agree with your assessment of Texas a and I do think they're going to go with Haynes King early on into the year. Then they're going to beat Sam Houston State. They're going to struggle against App State. And then I think they're going to lose a close game against Miami, which is going to get Miami fans all in their head. They're going to get really good. But I think they're going to make the change. I think Max Johnson's their guy. I think Max Johnson, they're not going to lose with Max Johnson at the helm in the regular season. He is He's the guy that they need. He is a talented guy. The, the, the way that he performed with LSU in their current state last year 
And now he's going to a very, very talented program. He's got a number one back behind him in Devin A-Chain. He's got great wide receivers. And yes, they lost a lot on defense. But may I remind you, they had the best recruiting class in college football history. They're all freshmen, dude. They're all they're freshmen, freshmen, but they're all five stars. They're going to be elite, elite. Texas A&M is going to be elite. And they're going to they get beat going, by 20 by Bama. They're, they're gonna not going to be, they're, they're beating Alabama. And quite frankly, they could beat Alabama by 10. I I think I really like the A&M matchup against Alabama. Texas A&M is going 11 and one, and they are going to match up with Georgia in the SEC championship game. And I'm, I'm going to my grave with that. I'm going to my grave. with that. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to turn this on immediately after that Georgia, after that Texas A&M Alabama game, when Texas A&M is lost by 30 and we're going to, we're going to laugh at you for it. Um, my number one team, obviously, is the Alabama Crimson Tide. I have them also going undefeated this season. They're on a revenge tour. When Nick Saban's on a revenge tour, he's not losing a game. Um, they've got so many playmakers. I mean, where do you even start? Their offensive line is still their weakest spot. Um, I disagree with you that their trenches is where, they, where they're going to struggle. Will Anderson and Dallas Clark is going to do more than that's enough. That's not the trenches. That's pass rush. Yes, that's their edges. But they're gonna be, people are going to be so focused on those two guys, the people in the middle are going to be getting in the backfield. It's exactly what happened with our, de- our defensive line last year. People were so focused on Jordan Davis that other guys got to the ball. I disagree. I couldn't disagree with you more on that. Bryce Young, he's the best quarterback arguably in college football. Will Anderson and Dallas Turner are probably going to get at least twenty sacks combined this year. Uh, they've got great. D- they've always got great DBs. Um, and last year was in fact a rebuilding year for Alabama, whether you agree with that or not. Um, it, it was Nick Saban's best coaching job he's ever done. And I think he's only going to get better. And I think he's going to go on and get to the SEC championship game. And I think he's going to beat us in the SEC championship. I think we're going to lose in the SEC title game. I've got Bama being your SEC champs and Georgia going in as the four slot in the college football playoff. Bama is the number one slot. Let me, let me roll a scenario by you. Here's that. Yes, I have Alabama losing to, to Texas A&M. But I think Georgia beats A and M in the SEC championship game. I think Bama still makes the playoff. You don't think they would put Texas A and M in? Two losses. They don't put two loss teams in. I think Alabama buys. I don't think so. I, this year. I don't think so. I don't think that a one loss team would get. I, I don't think a, a non conference champion would get in because I think Clemson now with Wake Forest. Now with Wake Forest not being as good, I think Clemson's going to get to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I think Ohio State's going to get to the college football playoff. And I think Utah's sure. going to get to the college football playoff. I think there's only going to be room for one SEC well, team. Well, then, then Georgia and Alabama, then Georgia's missing the playoff is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to barely miss it. Like we did in 2018, I think we're going to barely miss it. There we go. And that's why we do the show. Because I've got Georgia going 13-0. and after beating Texas A&M, I think A&M beats Alabama for a second year in a row, and I think Bama might still slip in. They could. I, I think I think Alabama could would very very likely Alabama just ends at five, and you see a Utah get in um, with uh, you have Georgia, Ohio. I'm not. I'm not, actually. I'm not spoiling this. I'm not spoiling. And we're anyway, gonna talk about that next week. We're gonna talk about that next week. We are at an hour and a half. 
Do you so, want to get to these other topics real quick? I want to do. I, I want to do the 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 two questions that you had to ask. Okay. Um, I want to do that, but there, there's our predictions, full predictions for every conference. You can go back and look at them. Zach's got them documented, so we are definitely going to take a look back at. I'm going to put them in a spreadsheet, and I'm going to post them on the MJZB Facebook page, awesome. so you guys can keep track of it as to who had awesome. the best when the football season's over who had the best uh, percentages and stuff like that. There you go. Now, we're not really going to take into account record because that's almost impossible. But in really what we're really looking at is positions in the divisions right. and conferences. Right. That's what we're really going to be paying attention to. But the two questions, we're going to end on these two questions that we're going to be done. All we're talking about today is college football. Um, which team in the top six wins the title? The reason why I'm asking this question is because every year since the college football playoff started in 2014, there has never been a college football national champion that did not begin the year in the AP top six. So with that being said, it's George, it's Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, uh, Clemson, Clemson. Notre, Notre Dame, Dame, Notre Dame, and uh, Texas A&M are your top six. So out of those six, who do you think is most likely to win the title? Um, most likely, Ohio most likely. State. Most likely okay. will be Ohio State. Obviously, I want Georgia to win um, at three, but yeah. I think most likely I have to eliminate my bias here. I think I'm going to go Ohio State. Yeah, I can't pick Georgia either. Nobody's repeated since the 2011-2012 Bama team. It's it's so hard to repeat. Um, I think, honestly, I think this may be a little controversial, and I know people say this all the time. I think Nick Saban wins the title and runs rides off into the sunset and calls it quits after this year. Undefeated season, wins the national title, calls it quits. Because I've I've I saw some reports that um if George, if Alabama would have won last season, that Nick Saban was was done because it was the, his hardest coaching job. Uh he was just he was just exhausted, tired had really it was really going to accomplish everything you can possibly accomplish that loss really kind of re-energized him and i think honestly now his beef with jimbo fisher is going to keep him in the game a lot longer um so anyways i think alabama my, my money's on alabama okay. i always I, we always say he's going to retire and he's not going to retire because Nick Saban's like, what am I going to do when I retire? I don't do anything else but football. He's not going to retire. He's going to eat oatmeal cream pies on his porch. <laughs> All right, final question. This one's an interesting one. Which team or teams that start the team that start the year unranked do you think will finish in the top 10? The reason why I ask this question is because every year since again the college football playoff began in 2014, there has been at least one team that began the year unranked that finished the year in the top 10. So give me your team or teams that you think will will do that this season. Uh the Texas Longhorns. My Big 12 champion. I think they're, they're ranked, though. They're not ranked in the AP poll. They're not ranked? They are not ranked. They were ranked in the coaches poll, but they were not ranked in the AP poll. Oh, okay. So unranked Texas will, will be the team. I think they're going to win the Big 12 at 10-2. and two. Um, So they'll be, what, 11-2 and two at that point, and they're going to win their bowl. Uh, they might win their bowl game. So you sit there and look at that team. You, it's undeniable they're going to be top 10. I've, I've already talked about Texas. We've both already talked about Texas. I really like Quinn Ewers. I like B. John Robinson. I like Isaiah Worthy. That team is really good top to bottom. I think after beating a really good Baylor team, 
um, in that championship, I think they're going to end it. And then they're probably going to play in the Sugar Bowl, and they might be like, we're back. And then, yeah. Yeah. That's my team. Yeah. So last year, just for just for reference, last year the three teams that qualified for this question was Michigan, Michigan State, and Baylor. And so those three teams had pretty much unpredictable seasons last year. Nobody really expected them to, to do what they did. So going off that criteria, the two teams that I have finishing in the top 10 that are unranked, I think they have the best chance of doing that. Number one is Minnesota. I think Minnesota has a really good team. Wow. I think Minnesota yeah. Oh, you were high could, on them. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, I was high on Minnesota. I think Minnesota has a really good team. I think they could beat out Wisconsin for that division. I don't necessarily, they're not going to beat Ohio State, but I think they could finish the year like right at 10, like nine or 10. And then uh, my other team is Oregon. I think they're going to lose to Georgia. Oregon's and, ranked 11th. Oh, they are ranked. Oh, ranked never mind. It can't be Oregon. So my only, my only pick is Minnesota. I think Minnesota has the best chance out of all the unranked teams to finish the year in the top 10. Really high on that team. They got a lot of talent. I'm actually kind of regretting that I put them down. At like eight and four, I think they'll actually do better than that. Um, I think they'll they might beat out Wisconsin. That I'm really high on the Golden Gophers. Yeah. So um, that's my pick is the Minnesota Golden Gophers. There you go. And well, we have reached almost the end of our countdown to college football. We have done all our teams. This has been episode 36 of the official review. Next week we've got college football playoff predictions. Heisman predictions. Heisman predictions. Bold predictions. Like a yes. like a just just a general three bold predictions of what we're gonna do okay. for the season. And we're just gonna have some fun. Maybe even week week zero We're gonna do picks. We gotta do picks. Week zero Yeah, week zero picks. Week zero picks, which is gonna be week zero yes. picks. <laughs> but um it's gonna be fun week next week. Very college football heavy. I think we're gonna sprinkle in some MLB because I think the Braves and the Mets are actually in a series right now. Um, This will be a very pivotal series. Uh, The Braves are up 3-0 now, uh, bottom of the second. So uh, already already pounding on Carlos Carrasco. But anyways, longest episode ever of the official review, but I knew that was going to happen. This was SEC Day. day. We were going to talk a lot. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you watched it live, I know we had a viewer kind of going in and out. Um, And if you're listening to it post on our podcast network, I hope you enjoyed and thank you for listening every single week. Um, We'll see you next week. Thank you guys. I've been Mitchell Graham. That's Zach Brown. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the official review. Before you go, I just wanted to give you a couple ways that you can stay connected with the show. First is our email, mgzbsportsnetwork at gmail.com. With this email, you can stay connected. Ask us questions that we will answer on the show. Also, if you want to follow us on TikTok under the same name, we post very, very frequently about everything that's happening. And also, if you just want to check Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts Thursday morning at 8 a.m. for every single episode of the official review. Thank you, and we love you. Peace.